Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And welcome, everyone, to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado, and I am with you for the next hour, so I invite you to call in at that number that was just given. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number that you can talk to me and ask your questions about the Bible or Christian living or what's our worldview as Christians as we see the things going on all around us and we're bombarded all the time with information and news and everything else and and it can be overwhelming and we are to have a, a good biblical uh, perspective and view on things but also the Lord desires for us to keep priority or focus on Him. So ask your questions, but also if you got prayer requests, I'd love to pray with you as well. 303-690-3000 will get you to me, and we'll have our conversation on air. I'd love to talk to you and uh, bless you in any way that, that I can, take you to Scriptures, encourage you. Uh, we are here to minister to you on Calvary Live. So we start another work week. We're getting ready to end the first month of the year, January, and perhaps some of you are thinking, yay, that's great. Uh, January can be kind of hard. It's eight degrees here in Greeley. It's been very cold, cold throughout most of the uh, midsection of the United States, wherever you're at. Maybe it's warm. Uh, those of you who are listening, Radio by Grace in Florida, um, my daughter was telling me that it's in the 80s today down there. So we're eight degrees here and you guys are 80 degrees. So anyway, we have the Lord and that's what is the blessing and the joy in our lives, isn't it? So give me a call wherever you're at. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number and love to talk with you. All open lines right now. As soon as the phones start ringing, we'll go to the phone lines. Maybe you've been wanting to ask a question. So grab it right now. I pray you're doing well. Welcome all the Grace FM listeners along the Front Range in Colorado, up in the southern Wyoming. Um, been snowy and cold the last few days. Hopefully we're going to get out of this cold snap before too long. The mountains have been getting a lot of snow, which is good. There's blessings behind it. Uh, but, you know, it can be hard to, to get around, and I just want to pray for you guys that uh, are out plowing the snow and the first responders that are out and those who are working uh, outdoors. Um, you're not forgotten. We think about you guys. I remember for years before I got in the ministry working outside in the cold, and, and it can be hard and difficult. So we pray you're doing well, you're safe. Uh, maybe perhaps you're uh, picking up the kids from school or uh, ending your work day or perhaps at home Whatever the case is, give me a call, 303-690-3000. we got all open lines. That's the call-in number. And, of course, there's another way for you to be able to contact me to ask a question or a prayer request, and that's through a dedicated text line. And that text line is 720-336-0897. It is for texting only. And so make sure you're safe when you're texting. And that's a 24-7 
text line that you can send in a prayer request anytime. But if we have time during the show um, and we're lacking phone calls, we'll go to the text line and and we'll look at those questions and those prayer requests. So send it in as you can. I got all open lines right now. Again, uh, Grace FM listeners along the Front Range in Colorado, welcome. As we start another work week, this is the 30th. Uh, it's Monday afternoon, the 30th of January, and we'll be heading into February here soon. I want to welcome all those listening on radio by grace throughout the country, many stations. Uh, I know there's over 70 uh, but I'm not quite sure exactly how many there are. Uh, I had the number at one time, but there's many stations, uh, Radio by Grace, that, that radio network. And what a blessing that you guys have joined us live on our Calvary Live uh, program and being a part of our family. And then also I want to welcome those who are listening online. We have those who are listening online throughout the country. You can call in at any time, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And um, you can ask your questions. So I'd love to get calls from different parts of the country. And then also uh, international listeners. I don't want to forget about them. And, and it's uh, we got listeners that uh, are overseas listening. We welcome you. We're glad that you can join us. And then also those who are week delayed listening on the Hope FM and Truth FM radio networks on the East Coast and then Higher Rock Radio in Idaho, you too can call, and then you'll uh, talk with me, and then you'll be able to listen to the broadcast a week from today. So we got all open lines right now. Grab one of those open lines because the show goes by quickly, and sometimes we don't get all the calls in when we get towards the end of the show. So uh, you've been wanting to call, give me a call at 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, or the text line is 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven, and while we're waiting for the phone to ring, uh, we do um, have a question: Is there or are there? Excuse me, guardian angels, and uh, there seems to be indication that there is, uh, as I recall that Jesus would talk in Matthew chapter eighteen. Jesus in Matthew chapter eighteen was talking to the disciples as they were arguing about who is the greatest. And Jesus, he didn't rebuke them, which is interesting. He didn't say, oh, you guys are just being conceited and selfish, but he would answer them. And as he answered them, he used the child as an illustration. And we're going to actually talk about it on Saturday morning. I'm doing a, a ministry class, been doing it uh, since the beginning of the year, uh, the heart of ministry. And we're talking about um, faithfulness in ministry, endurance in, in ministry. We're going to have a session on humility in ministry. And the disciples are arguing who's the grace in the kingdom, and Jesus answered them. And as he answered them, he would say that, therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So he took a child in the midst of him. And I, I always wonder who was that child. He's He's up in Capernaum. Some have suggested, it's just a suggestion, but some have suggested that maybe it was Peter's son. We know Peter was uh, married, uh, so we don't know for sure, but I always wondered about that. And he would go on and say that whoever receives, as I said, this child is the greatest in the kingdom. And that's such an important uh, truth that the Lord gave to us. But then he goes on and he talks about don't stumble one of these little ones. Um, And he says that um, 
it'd be better for millstones were hung around his neck if it were drowned in the depth of the sea. And woe for the world because of the offenses, uh, for offenses must come, but woe to the man to whom offenses come. And it goes on to say and speak about um, their angels uh, in this chapter. And so it's interesting that he does that, uh, these little ones, um, talking about their angel that is there. So some have suggested, it's in verse 10, Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. We also know that I believe it's in uh, in, um, the book of Acts, of course. Remember, Peter was... Uh, one that was released from prison. Uh, He was going to be killed by Herod. And he comes to the door where the disciples were praying. And we know that uh, it was um, one of the the young ladies that went down to answer the door. And she came back and said, Peter's at the door. And they said, no, you're beside yourself. Uh, It's just his angel. So the early church was very aware of angels. Um, And it's interesting that uh, it's it's Peter's angel. So it's perhaps maybe there's guardian angels, but the thing to remember is is that the Lord is our protector. He's um, our strength. He's our provider. He's everything. Angels are ministering spirits that are in the scriptures, and perhaps they're used to uh, you know be a guardian of some sort. So the scripture gives that indication. So good question. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the call in number. We got an open line. Text line 720-336-0897. Keep those text questions and prayer requests coming. In the meantime, we're going to go to South Carolina to John. Hi, John. Hey, I'm number one. Woohoo! That's great. <laughs> yeah, thanks for calling. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yes. yes, thank you for being on the air. Hey, listen, uh, this isn't a deep theological question or anything, but um, you know, the earth scientists and all say that there was a supercontinent called Pangea, and it split apart. Now we have, you know, the Western Hemisphere, that you know, in Asia and all that. But um, I, I read something in the genealogies in Genesis that says that in Peleg's time, P-E-L-E-G, I'm not sure of where that is in the, the genealogies, but in Peleg's time, the Earth was divided. Now, could that possibly be in reference to when there was one great big continent and the Earth was divided, or or could it be something totally different? Well, some have suggested, and one of the resources that you might want to look at, John, is Answers in Genesis. And um, they got a lot of information on that stuff, kind of the pre-flood, what the world was like and stuff. The reference that you made, I'm not, I'd have to really kind of look at it. Uh, it doesn't bring to mind anything. But one of the things is, is when the flood happened, John, it says that the water came up from under the crust of the earth. And right. I was listening to a presentation of a, a well known scientist. He actually worked for the government, for the Pentagon. Um, it was interesting uh, that um, he came up with this presentation that. As the waters, you know, were um, coming from the firmament above, and then the crust of the earth would split for the waters coming underneath the the earth, that that would did divide the continents, and you see that continental uh, kind of um, ridge that is there that 
that divided up the continent, the earth, uh, that would cause that. And then it happened with such force, the water coming from underneath uh, the crust of the earth, that it actually would shoot rocks up into the atmosphere, into outer space. Some of those rocks have come back, and when they analyze those rocks, guess what? They they have uh, salt water in them which indicates that they came from the seas. And then as the earth was covered with the waters, the waters would recede. It would cause great canyons like the Grand Canyon, the canyons that we see in Utah, uh, the uh, continents that were drifting, continental drift, because of the crust of the earth that was split open. The edges of those continents would have mountain ranges. I mean, it was such an incredible presentation that um, they think that perhaps— that was uh, what happened during the flood. There was great geologic upheaval, and uh, the earth maybe rotated on its axis, and now we have seasons. The earth was straight up and down because before the flood, um, it is maybe perhaps tropical all around the earth, and the fossil records seem to indicate that. They have found uh, fossil records of uh, tropical plants in the Sierra Desert in the Antarctica. Uh, there is that famous find of the mammoth uh, up around the North Pole uh, that had a vegetation in its mouth when they found uh, that frozen mammoth. And something happened very quickly. So I think uh, as you look at answers in Genesis, as you look at these questions, I always give that resource on the air. There's very good scientific answers uh, for what happened uh, as the uh, fossil records indicated what happened with the flood is very, very fascinating. Continental drift, all those things that took place and how the flood really changed the face of the earth um, and the seasons coming with the rotation of the earth. So I don't know if that's what you're looking for or help, but, um, it, you know, it, it's very fascinating to look at those things. Do you know who the author is? If you look at Ken Ham, K-E-N-H-A-M, Answers in Genesis, there is mountains of resources that they have, not only from Ken Ham, but also from other scientists, creation scientists, on these questions. And I think you'll find the resource to be very good. They're the ones that have the Creation Museum out in Kentucky, and they have Noah's Ark out there. Uh, I haven't been out there, but uh, several people from the church have been there, um, and uh, they say it's absolutely fascinating. So the Creation Museum, Ken Ham Answers in Genesis, and that's a good resource for you. Great. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks, John. Be careful out there. Be blessed. Okay, okay. bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Text line is 720-336-0897 when somebody hangs up. There is an open line. One of the things to always remember, I, you know, I went to school at, at CSU, Colorado State, uh, in a science field. And don't think that we um, as Christians have to, uh, you know, just um, assassinate our brains. And there's really good creation science that is out there that explains the fossil records and the six-day creation and the flood and all that. Um, and Answers in Genesis is an incredible resource. There's other resources as well. Uh, very, very intelligent men that have PhDs um, that are scientists that will help explain those things. 
And I think it's really worth knowing those resources because our young people, they have questions. And of course, in the secular universities, they're going to teach evolution. And uh, we know that um, evolution um, is not a part of the creation account. And we need to be able to give answers to them and, and, and reason with them and be able to point to the scriptures, what the scripture has to say. So I just want to give that resource out there. Uh, let's go to Texas on line two. Hello. Hi. Hi. You're um, on Calvary Live. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Um, I had a question. Um, what is my responsibility as a Christian to my homosexual friends? Um, be a light. Like how- be a light to them. You know, go ahead. <laughs> I don't know how to, I, I don't know, um, like, it, am I supposed to say anything at all? Or, like, what What if I get invited to a wedding? Um, yeah, yeah. I, those, I don't know what to do. Yeah, those are, those are questions that we're all facing right now. And um, it's a part of our culture. We want to be a light to them. We want to be a vessel of truth to them. I think that we can do that without being condemning and um, and just um, you know confrontational all the time. Um, but we are to be wise um, and we are to be discerning, and we can you know have those discussions with them. So uh, it's something that each individual is different. Um, but as you talk with them, as you discuss with them. Um, you know, as the Lord allows those doors to open up, you can speak truth into their lives and, um, you can speak God's love into their lives as well. And, um, you know, it's, it's a hard day. And matter of fact, I was having a discussion with somebody after church, a couple that they were invited to, you know, um, a friend, uh, of theirs, um, their, uh, family member was, uh, going to have a gay wedding and they really wanted them to come to the wedding and they just didn't know what to do. They want to keep those relationships. They want to speak truth into their lives. Um, they want to uh, be available to minister to them, but they were just really struggling with going to the wedding. And the thing is, is that I told them you can be honest um, on what your views are. You don't have to be mean about it. You don't have to be confrontational about it. But you can just be honest of this is what I believe where my faith is. And and I can't go to this wedding because the wedding is, and I know it's a struggle for many families, and it's a struggle for many Christians that perhaps are even listening right now. And they have to decide whether they're going to be a part of that. For me, um, and um, I look at, you know, the the wedding is to be a ceremony where there's to be support. There's to be rejoicing. I mean, we go to a wedding to support that couple, don't we? And we know that the biblical um, definition of of marriage is between a man and a woman. And personally, myself, I I just, I couldn't do it. Um, You know, it's a holy institution. Um, What the Bible has to say is very clear. Um, and I just, I just couldn't go to a gay wedding. I, I couldn't go there to support that. And I can say that honestly. I can say that gently and I can say that truthfully. And, and that's where we stand for righteousness, uh, when it comes to these issues in society. 
Um, and just to be able to be honest and gentle and be able to not be quarrelsome and to speak truth into their lives. And uh, I don't know if that helps, but that's kind of where I'm at with things. And, um, and we don't have to compromise truth, but we can um, be light to them and we can give them some water to drink, <laughs> the water of the word. And one of the things that I was listening to, it, it really helped me out because I was uh, a couple of weeks ago um, ministering to uh, a family. They're, they're not believers, and um, I really wanted to minister to them. The Lord opened up the door to me to minister to them, and I was listening to Skip Heisick on the radio, and he said something that really spoke to my heart. He said that when a man is thirsty, you don't hit him with a fire hose. You give them a little bit of water. So be a light to them. Give them a little bit of water. And, you know, be just praying, Lord, direct me on, I want to stand for truth. I want to stand for righteousness. But I also, I want to have opportunity to speak truth and the gospel into their lives as as the door is open for me. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. It's hard, isn't it? Yeah, it is, because I'm... I'm one of them. I would say one of my best friends, mm-hmm. and I don't and I don't know how to talk to him. You know, one of the things is the Lord never told us to stop loving him, right? And, you know, and 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 sometimes we think, well, we gotta we gotta stop loving them, and 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 He didn't tell us to, but love will include speaking truth and sharing right. your heart. And as Paul says in Ephesians, speak the truth in love. But it is hard. It's hard and it's difficult, and we need God's help in this um, in this area. Because as the world gets darker, you know, the light um, is going to shine. But uh, it, it's there's just this, um, you know, standing on truth. Uh, it's just it, it's the darkness getting darker. It makes it more challenging for us and maneuvering around all these things for the people that we care about. So don't stop caring for your friend, uh, but be truthful to them and speak the truth in love. Thank you. You're welcome. Can I pray for you? Yes, please. Lord, I just pray for my sister. You know who she is. And I just pray she's maneuvering through this, and I know a lot that are listening on the radio, that, Lord, as we live in a in a, in a world where uh, sin is accepted, and um, it's... It's celebrated, but Lord, um, we want to be wise. We want to be um, standing on truth, and Lord, help us maneuver through it and help my sister to just speak truth into her friend's life, and Lord, um, to have the opportunity to speak the gospel. So Lord, just be with her. Give her peace, and Lord, give her the words to say, and Lord, um, just guide her and direct her in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard in the days in which we're in and maneuvering through all uh, these things. But God wants to guide us, and he wants to work, and he he wants us to speak truth. You know, Jesus, and um, I think of a verse that I'm just kind of coming to mind uh, there in John's Gospel, uh, and we have John that is in the opening of that uh, gospel. 
he he writes about how Jesus, um, that he was one, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He was full of grace and truth. And, and I think for me, I pray, Lord, help me to be more like that, full of grace and truth, because it can be all truth, and if there's no grace involved in it, it can be. It can be, and there are times where we just really have to, you know, stand, um, be bold, and um, speak into uh, situations that are just really hard, or there's evil, or um, difficulty, or, you know, just darkness. Um, But I want to be able to have some grace, um, because if there's no grace, it can be brutal. And uh, if it's just all grace and there's no truth, it can be flaky. And Lord, I want to be full of grace and truth. Um, I want to be more like that. And, and Jesus really gives us the example of that. Hey, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897. Let's see. Let's go to Josh and Loveland. Hello. How are you? I'm good, Josh. How are you? Thanks for calling. Good. Uh, thank you guys for what you all do, uh, all you pastors in this um, Calvary Live talk and stuff. Uh it's helped me a lot, and um, I just had a question. Um, I was I'm reading through a it's called like a Bible in one year or the one year Bible or uh-huh. yeah whatnot. Right. And um, this morning I was reading and and it was from Exodus four twenty four, and mm-hmm. it just was kind of like uh, uh, I can't I don't have it all in front of me or whatever, but it's basically saying yeah. that um, the Lord told Moses to to head back to Egypt, um, and he gathered his wife and and um, child, and they were, um, I don't know if there were camps somewhere or whatnot, and then it, then, it, then it jumped into the Lord was about to kill him. Um, and so before that, it was talking about um, a plague, I think, that uh, the Lord would um, bring on Pharaoh with his firstborn uh, mm-hmm. son, and I just got really confused of it was he going to kill the son, but then the wife jumped in and circumcised him, or, or what exactly was the story, or maybe it answers it later on, um, yeah. you know, chronological, like down the, like the story. Um, yeah, yeah, but and I, it's I wasn't good op- sure. So yeah, it's it's a good observation, and you're reading this, and Moses finally gets to the point where he's going to go to Egypt, and as God called him. We're, we're almost ready to go to break, and so I, I want to explain it to you, because you read it and you think, what's up with this? You know, what's going on here? You know, Moses is called to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt uh, and um, to, to shepherd the people. Uh, it's all set and ready to go. He's on his way there, and all of a sudden this encounter with the Lord, where the Lord's going to kill him. And, um, and so his wife has to circumcise the son and, um, you think, what is this all about? What's going on here? But I think there's a very important truth that is here that is given to us. And you were wondering, does it later on, does it answer it, um, in the book of Exodus as you continue reading? It doesn't, um, answer it directly. Um, but, uh, I think that we can look at it and get a very important principle for us that's so important. Um, and as I said, we're going to go to break. Well, you know what? We got a minute to break. So I'm going to go ahead and answer it. What he was saying is here, Moses, 
there was that covenant of circumcision that was given to to Abraham to circumcise their children, and um, and it was a covenant they were to keep, and Moses didn't do it. Moses didn't do it. Here he is. He's supposed to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt, and he, he doesn't circumcise. It was left to his wife to do it. And I think the important lesson is it, it sounds harsh. The Lord was going to kill him. But it's like, Moses, if you're going to lead my people, you need to, to lead your family first. And you need to do what I've called you to do, and that was circumcise your son. So, you know, Josh, you can hang on if you got a follow-up on that. We're going to go to break, and, and, and then I'll follow up afterwards, and we'll continue with phone calls. But you hear the music, so we do have to stop. Uh, we can pick it up afterwards, but give me a call, guys, 303-690-3000. Be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. So good to have you join us for this second part of the show. We've had a wonderful first half, so give me a call. We do have, I believe, an open line, at least one, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number to text line is 720-336-0897. And so give me a call. I was talking to Josh. I think Josh um, kind of answered this question. I want to follow up a little bit. Uh, and we we had the break come. So, Josh, hopefully uh, if you uh, listen that, um, that answering that, it's, I think, an important portion of Scripture that I want to kind of follow up on, because as we talk about ministry, and, and the reference was, if you're just joining us, um, was in Exodus chapter 4, when the Lord was going to kill Moses, when he was on his way uh, to uh, lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. And Moses had failed to um, perform circumcision on his son, which was the covenant given in Genesis chapter 17. Um, but by just looking at that and just a simple explanation that it was left for his wife to do a Zipporah and she took a sharp stone and cut it off and, you know, cut it, threw it at Moses and said, you're a bloody husband to me. But um, we know that I think as I read that, it reminds me the importance, guys, to all of you who are listening, how we are called to lead our families. And in ministry, and I always bring this up to those who want to go into ministry, uh, just as Moses was going to lead a couple million people out of Egypt into the promised land, and Moses did for 40 years. What an incredible ministry that he had. I believe that the Lord was reminding him that your ministry starts at home, and it starts with your wife and with your children and lead. And that's an important truth and principle given to us that, guys, we minister at home. We can't forget about that ministry at home and to our wife and children. It begins there. And sometimes, uh, you know, I've run into a few uh, that didn't really like it, and they will say, well, it's a sacrifice, and and there's a cost to it, and my wife and kids need to understand that. They They do. I've been in ministry for 30 years, but I will not, you know, 
put my family, you know, sacrifice my family on the altar of ministry uh, to where they're not being taken care of. And we know that the qualification of an elder given in First Timothy and Titus is to to be one that is ministering to your household and the household in submission. It's not done perfectly um, to have order in, in your house, uh, to be ministering to your family. Uh, guys that we're called to love our wives as Christ loves the church, the family needs to be a priority. And I know for the 30 years that uh, my wife has supported me in ministry. I'm very grateful for that, uh, and my kids as well. And, um, we, you know, they've joined uh, me coming alongside in ministry. It's very important to us. But we are a family, and our family, you know, my family is a priority. The church is important, but my family is a priority as well. We don't ever want to forget that. And um, they've allowed me to go. There are times where I said I need to go. You know, I'm, I'm being called out or I'm going to um, go and minister here. And they've supported me, but uh, we can't forget that. So that's that's just something that comes on my mind when I read that text there in Exodus chapter 4. So, Josh, thanks. Uh, hopefully uh, that helps you and appreciate you calling. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897 as we continue. We've got a couple open lines. Let's go to Markesha, Markesha in, in New Jersey. Hi, good evening. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for calling Calvary Live. My question is, um, I want to know, like, when you die, like the moment when you pass, and I know he says he— Jesus says he sends the comforter for us. But, like, I know when he was on the cross and the one thief said, remember me when you enter into your kingdom, and he said, today you will go to paradise with me. Right. So my, what I'm trying to understand is when you die and you go through what you go through, um, and there's paradise and then hell, do you know where you end up kind of like because yeah you're asking good questions and i think they're important questions and a couple things just to kind of sort it out is that you know jesus you can read luke chapter 16 and jesus tells of a story of a rich man and lazarus a man who was poor named lazarus who had sores and uh, he was outside the door uh you know begging for food uh, with the dogs and eating the scraps. And it's interesting. I'm going to turn there and read parts of it to you, but I think this will really help. I, I don't believe that this is a parable uh, that Jesus is telling. I think this is an actual story uh, because he's using names. In parables, he never uses names. And in the rich man and the Lazarus, I'll read it to you, that it was when the beggar died, uh, and was carried by the angels, which is interesting. It's indication that angels are involved in, in carrying uh, him to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried, and being in torment in Hades. And he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, and I am in torment in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember 
that in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he's comforted and you are tormented. And besides all this between us, there's a great gulf so that no one can pass. So as you read that story there in verses 19 through 31 of Luke chapter 16, that here is Lazarus and here is the rich man, and Lazarus is taken by the angels, taken to Abraham's bosom, or what we would call paradise, that area is called Hades. It was divided up into two compartments. There's Abraham's bosom, where where Lazarus was, and paradise, and then a big chasm between them, and then there was the place of torment, and that's where the rich man was. And the rich man is there. He looks over that chasm, that canyon, and he sees Abraham there in Lazarus, and he says, I'm in torment. Can you send you know, Lazarus over, dip his finger in cool water and touch my tongue. So he was very much aware of the torment that he was in. And Abraham said, nope, can't do that. There's a big chasm uh, that is between us. Now, here's where um, hopefully that I can articulate it to where it's not confusing. So that area, paradise, that was before the cross. In the Old Testament time, those of faith look forward to the cross. And Jesus, he said to the thief on the cross, before the sun has set, you'll be with me in paradise. And Jesus would, if you would, escort that that thief that, um, you know, pleaded to Jesus and uh, said, remember me when you come into your kingdom, would go to paradise. Jesus then, having died for our sins once and for all, um, that he would lead captivity captive. He he would say, this is what you guys have been waiting for. I've died for your sins once and for all. So now we on this side of the cross, we look back to the cross. That compartment, that side of of Hades is empty. So they all went to heaven because the blood of Jesus was accepted as a sacrifice. It, it explains that in the book of Hebrews, um, and and now we have forgiveness of sin. In the Old Testament, the animal sacrifices were a kofar in the Hebrew. That's just a covering of sin until Jesus died for our sins once and for all. So now a Christian, and this is what's important for you to know, that Paul writes about in Second Corinthians chapter 5, um, in verse 8, that we are confident, yes, well pleased, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. So the thing for you to remember is that when a Christian dies, when they close their eyes and take their last breath, that they go home to be with the Lord immediately. Um, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So their spirit goes to be with the Lord. Paul is writing chapter 5 of Second Corinthians in a context of the resurrection. Now, because Jesus bodily rose from the grave, and we will get new heavenly bodies. So that will happen, First Thessalonians chapter 4, um, verse 17, at the rapture of the church, when um, the trumpet will blow, we will meet the Lord in the air, and then all believers uh, will have a new heavenly body, a celestial body. First Corinthians chapter 15, you can read that chapter. So the resurrection is not just dealing with eternal life. It's, it's, it's speaking about eternal life in a new heavenly body. That which is corruptible 
is going to be raised incorruptible. That which is mortal is going to be raised into immortality. First Corinthians chapter 15. So it gets to be, uh, I, I've thrown a lot at you, but two things to, to answer your question is a Christian that dies today goes home to immediately be with the Lord. A person who is an unbeliever will go down into Hades, that compartment, that place of torment. And then after the millennium reign of Jesus Christ, you can read about it in Revelation chapter 20, they will be resurrected. They will stand at the great white throne judgment, and they will be sentenced into outer darkness. They will be sentenced to the lake of fire for all eternity. So I know I threw a lot at you, but that's what the scripture speaks about. Well, that was that was amazing. Thank you so much. Um, I'm looking forward to going and um, going deeper into all of those. Thank you so much. But the the thing to remember, and you bring up something very important, um, is in and this is not just for you, but all the listeners, is that people are going to be aware. You know, I think about the rich man that's that's saying to Abraham and Lazarus. Dip your finger in water and touch my tongue. I can't imagine going through all eternity being thirsty. And the scripture speaks of outer darkness. You know, eternal separation from God, the lake of fire, um, it's real. Um, And outer darkness of just being alone. Sometimes people will say, um, you know, when I die and I go to hell, me and my friends, we're going to have a big party. There's going to be none of that. There's going to be none of that. Or when I stand before the Lord, I'm going to tell the Lord a few things. And I understand some people, they're confused or they hurt, but there's going to be none of that. Every knee shall bow to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, we do it on this side of eternity before we die then we have eternal life. But then those who have rejected him at the great white throne judgment, they're going to be forced to recognize that Jesus is Lord. This is all real, and it's so sobering, and eternity is real. And as we think about it, it really, to me, presses upon me the urgency of giving the gospel and giving the truth of the gospel, because Jesus is our hope, and eternity is at stake. And we want to be used of the Lord to give that message because that's what he's called us to do, that he is our hope, the way, the truth, and the life. Not a way, he is the way. And so hopefully, you know, I know I'm following up and going beyond what you ask, but it really stirs my heart when I think about eternity in these ways. Um, um, I appreciate it. That was really nice. Thank you so much. Um it touches me as well. Um, it's a little frightening a, a lot sometimes, but, you know, I want to understand. I don't want to go anywhere but with Jesus. That's the only place I yeah. want to be. Yeah. So I was and it, listening, and I, I listened, and I was like, oh, I was able to get through, and I'm like, I know good. I want to ask this question. Yeah. So, Marcisha, are you, are you a believer? I am, 100% then you don't have to be afraid. You can rejoice in that. We become concerned for others, and that's a good thing, but we don't have to be afraid because we belong to the Lord, and we have eternal life, and what a joy, and we just want to be able to give that to others. So thanks for calling. Call back anytime, okay? Okay, thank you. you. Bye-bye. You bet. God bless you. 
303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Eternity is real. It's real. And it's when we really stop and think about it, it's so sobering. We we have eternal life in Christ. I'm so grateful for that. Um, a living hope that Peter says through his resurrection. It's not a dead hope, uh, but there are so many that are lost. And it's sobering words, um, as we were talking about. Um, and, to you know, when you hear Jesus say that, Narrow is the road that leads to life, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many will go by it. Oh, it just it should break our hearts. We we want to have a heart for people to be able to give them truth in, in the gospel. So, hey, I believe we got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000, if you got a chance to give me a call. And then text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to Denver, April. Hi, April. How are you? Um, I'm doing well, and yourself? I'm doing good, thank you. Well, that's it was a good topic to talk to kind of top off this um, question. Was that mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of lost people, and I what I've really noticed was that you know going throughout my faith that I realized that there's many doctrines that are false. Um, one of them yeah. was when I had met my friend, who's been my friend for a very long time, is a. Um, Jehovah Witness, and as we were speaking on the gospel and things that he believes in that he doesn't believe in, you know, it just strike, struck me as confusing. So I asked the Lord why, you know, um, was this so confusing to me? And it was kind of revealed of like, you know, there's like many spirits of confusion that go out and, you know, dilute yeah. the truth of what we know. Right. My question right. is, is that... You know, I'm kind of afraid to have this conversation with him, like, well, you know, the doctrine that you're following, you know, has some falseness to it. Um, I just don't mm-hmm. know how to really, you know, talk about it. I don't know how, you know, really have it. Yeah. How would you talk has about he, it? Yeah. Has he talked to you about it? Um. Yeah, because I've invited him to, like, you know, church and stuff like that, or when we get on topics. You know, he ends yeah. up opposing it because he doesn't believe in that. Okay. Yeah, and, you know, you can talk to him. There's different ways, not knowing your past conversations. But as he begins to, you know, talk about his faith, you can respond. And and uh, actually it helps when they, they kind of uh, begin to talk and they oppose it or whatever it may be. You can ask him, you know, who do you believe Jesus is? That really is the bottom line. And of course, the Jehovah Witnesses, um, they don't believe in the Trinity, that Jesus was the first thing Jehovah created. He's not God. And before he lived on earth, he was Michael the Archangel. Um, and then Jehovah made the universe through him. Um, and, and so they, they believe in a different Jesus. And it's like you said, that even as John said, test the spirits to see if they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So you can show him through the scriptures. You can say, can I show you um, through the Bible uh, that Jesus is God? Now, they've come along and they mistranslated some things like John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And they mistranslate it and say that the Word was a God. And And so you can just show them many other places of the deity of Jesus Christ— that he is the creator, not the created. 
because there's similarities that those of the cults, Mormons, and Jehovah Witnesses have, and that is Jesus is created. He's not Michael the Archangel. He is Lord. Um, and so apologetic books, um, Ron Rhodes has a very good book out, How to Speak to a Jehovah Witness, and um, we have it in our bookstore. And you can get online, Ron Rhodes, R-H-O-D-E-S. He has books on how to talk to a Jehovah Witness, how to talk to a Mormon, and answers these questions. And I believe that's going to be very, very helpful to you to just show them from the Word of God who Jesus is. And it is not the Jesus that the Jehovah Witnesses speak of. Um, he's not a created being. He's the Creator. Um, and they also believe in an impersonal Holy Spirit as well. They believe the Holy Spirit is not God, but rather an invisible active force from Jehovah. There's all these things that that resource will really help you in answering a Jehovah Witness. Right. Yeah, because, um, you know, oftentimes I get, like, I'm just maybe, like, you know, help me pray that I, like, gain the maturity to, because I get, I get um, like frustrated quickly mm-hmm. with those types of topics that I do that I do just like leave them alone. Yeah, and here's here's another key. April is I understand the frustration. I think a lot of people listening are saying, "Yeah, I know. I I want to show them. You just want to grab them and say, open up your you know your eyes and and see you're wrong, but." One of the things that I have found is I make a lousy Holy Spirit, and I can show them the Word of God, but it's going to be important, April, for you to pray when you talk to your friend. You know, always be in prayer. Lord, open up their eyes. You draw them. You help them to have understanding. Help me to show them the right scriptures, and you can do that, and you may sense some frustration because they they may not respond right away. But just keep giving them truth. Keep giving them those scriptures, you know, praying for them that the Lord will do that work. And that helps keeps from, you know, me from getting frustrated all the time where I just going to quit. I don't want to deal with this, you know, and I don't know this, this friend of yours, you know, wants to be argumentative and stuff, but, you know, just gently be able to give him the truth, the water of the word. And I was speaking earlier in the show um, that, uh, you know, one of the things when a man is thirsty, uh, you know, we don't hit him with a fire hose. We give him some water to drink. Just keep giving them truth of who Jesus is. Keep bringing it back to Jesus, bringing it back to Jesus, because that really is the essence. And just saying, I'm going to pray for you, friend, that God will open your eyes to seeing who Jesus really is. That You know, he's God in the person of Jesus Christ who came and died for you and just keep hammering that into their lives. And uh, they may not be listening. And here's the thing, April, that I found, that if they get a little bit defensive and combative, it may be because they're being convicted. And so keep keep speaking truth into your friend's life. Mm. Okay, that makes sense. And, um, yeah, that's, that's basically it. It was really beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, again, we don't have to be—here's a verse that I always remember. I'm going to give it to you um, that is helpful to me and I think to a lot of people. Um, In some of the last words of Paul, 
that he wrote. And he said, A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance, so that they may know the truth. So it isn't a combative, um, you know, kind of attitude. It is speaking the truth and being not quarrelsome because arguing doesn't accomplish anything, does it? Uh, I've never argued anybody into the kingdom, but being able to say, listen, you know, I care about you. You know, I care where you spend eternity and you need to know the truth. This is what God's word says. And, um, and I want you to know it. And I'm going to pray that the Lord's going to open up your eyes to see who Jesus really is declared in the scriptures. And I just want to share these verses with you. That's being gentle. That's given correction. That's done in humility and gentleness that, you know, I'm going to pray that the Lord will bring you to that place of repentance to really come to know the true and the living God and Jesus Christ, who he sent, who died for you. So, you know, approach it in that way. Does that also follow a line with, like, because I have Catholic family members? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's it's the mm-hmm. line with anybody. It's the line with any unbeliever, you know, or who, somebody who doesn't know who Jesus is to give them the truth of the scriptures and to do it, speak the truth in love as Paul writes in Ephesians chapter four and do it in a way that I care about you because here's the thing, April, and I say this all the time. And I know probably those of my church, they, they say, Oh, pastor Jeff always says that, but people don't really care how much you know until they know how much you care. And when they know that you care and that you have the Word of God, because the Word of God is alive and it's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. You know, let the Word of God speak and let the Lord minister to them and draw them to himself. You be that vessel, and you just speak truth, and you speak love, um, you know, and you speak um, that gospel into, you know, their lives. And the gospel of you know, as Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God for salvation for whoever believes. And just pray that the Lord will work in their heart and open up their eyes. Amen. I love that. Can I pray for you? Yes, please. Father, I just pray for April. I pray for all those right now as we're getting ready to to end the show. And, and Lord, I, we want to be a vessel of truth. And and even today, as we've talked to those, I mean, real issues, whether it's somebody who belongs to a cult and has the wrong Jesus and has been taught wrongly, somebody who just is in the world and living after the world, um, somebody who perhaps um, is just close to the God. We want to be a vessel of truth, Lord, to whoever it is. And, and Lord, speak truth into their life. So I pray for April, her friend, that she would be able to do that. I pray her friend that the blindness would be taken away from, from him, that, um, that you would soften his heart, that the gospel would touch his heart, that you would draw him to you. Give April the words and the verses to be able to speak, uh, for her to be able to give a defense. Um, to just be able to study and answer these questions about who Jesus is and the redemptive work that he did on the cross. 
and be with her because I know she cares for her friend. And I thank you that, that you've sent her into his life. And Lord, I just pray for wisdom and guidance and direction in every way and for all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, April. Follow up if you get a chance to. Let us know how it goes, and we'll keep praying. Perfect. Okay, thank you. You bet, April. Okay, just got a minute. Let's go to BJ, Pennsylvania. Hi, hey, BJ. Hey, BJ, I got like one minute, so you need prayer? I do. I just I need prayer to be purposeful in my work and in my ministry, um, in my Abs- church. And Absolutely. Thank you. Father, I pray, for, I pray for BJ. And Lord, I just pray for her work her ministry, uh, what she does with the body of believers, that you would guide her, um, that she would be directed by you, um, that she would step every day uh, forward in faith and hearing your voice. And Lord, just having a peace and moving forward in the things that you have for her. And Lord, I just pray that she would know and that uh, you would speak to her very, very clearly. I thank you for her. Um, And Lord, she needs you. And you want to guide her and direct her. And I just pray that you would do that in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You bet. He's going to to lead you. So, hey, thanks, thanks everybody. As we come to the end of the show, we're going to hear the music in just a little bit. I'll be back, Lord willing, tomorrow at the same time. So if you maybe didn't have a chance to call in, call me tomorrow. Be here in the meantime. Be blessed in the Lord. Keep studying the Word of God. Be a light to others, and we'll talk to you next time. Have a good evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.